2004 was a, was a really um, interesting year. That was the first time my wife and I had a child. And it's so fascinating to see life from a different perspective. Um, right after Michelle was born, our oldest daughter, she had a little bit of jaundice, and she had to stay in NICU. So what they would do every day was they would bring mommy and daddy in, hold her, and then we would have to hold her ankle. And this little baby who's like six pounds was, was being grabbed, you know, pulled apart, you know, contorted. And then you have to grab this ankle. And I remember this vividly because we're holding our little soft, tender heel before, you know, all of us, we get those callus and we're all aged. But the baby's all soft and we look at that. And then the nurse would come with one of those clickers. You know what I'm talking about? They put it on the heel, they click it, and then it, it cuts a nip of her heel. And I remember Michelle's like, oh, you go to mommy, daddy. You know, she's just loving life. And then all of a sudden, she, she feels that click, and you just hear her yelling and screaming, and she's just terrified. This little baby doesn't know what's going on, but she feels this pain. And how much would I have given to just say to her, we love you. This is actually for your good, and I feel your pain, and I wish I could swap with you if I could. And you just caress and comfort her but she doesn't have that capacity, does she? She sees that same event in a different perspective than what the doctor, mommy, and daddy sees. You know, friends, I just want to propose, what if we looked at Christmas from a different point of view? What if we looked at Christmas, not from our point of view of, oh, holidays, shopping, and we go to go to church, and yes, Jesus was born, but what if we just took a moment to say, what if we could get a glimpse of Christmas from God's point of view? What if we saw this whole story, not from our world, but saw it from God's world? How do we do that? I think that's what John chapter 1 does. John chapter 1, it actually starts with this in the first verse. In the beginning was Jason Coe, and he needed a God, right? Is that what you said in your version? No? Is that my Bible? Okay. No! In the beginning, who is it about? It doesn't start with you and me, does it? In the beginning was the Word. The whole story of Christmas doesn't start with you and I. It starts with, with this God. And the God, according to John, is this capital W, the Word. And the Word was with God. And the Word was God. Who is this Word? Some of you, we know, right? This is Jesus. It starts with the beginning. Before anything was made, here is God, here is Jesus, here is the Holy Spirit. And the world starts with that perspective. See, some of us, when we look from our perspective to God, this is what happens. I'm sure 99% of us said this at one point. God, why? God, how could you? God, what is this? God, do you care? And we cry out just like the way Michelle cried out in that NICU, saying, ow, what are you doing? Don't you love me? I'm your child. You're supposed, someone's supposed to protect me. <laughs> and we're crying out because we don't have that perspective. But God does care, don't we? Just as parents care for their child, newborn child. And the Bible tells us God, Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. And he's always been loving. He's always been the one reaching out to us. In fact, if you look at every, look at the Bible for this. It's, it's hilarious. The Bible's awesome. Every instance in the Bible, it's never God abandoning his people but what triggers it? Isn't it the other way around? It's always people abandoning God. 
God never abandoned us. We always abandoned him, betrayed him, turned our backs to him. And since the early days, God's been constantly running after us, like a parent running after a prodigal son or a daughter. This is God. This is from his perspective. We're not the ones that are living a righteous life, and how dare we say to God, make my life better. But it's really God saying, I created you with a perfect purpose. And why would you break my heart and live for yourself? So according to God, this is the world that we live in. And this is what John says. This is a darkness. This is sin. Instead of living for God, what do you and I tend to do? Whether you've been a Christian for 50 years or whether you're not at church, that's okay. We all have something in common. I'm a pastor and we have this in common. We all at the core struggle with selfishness, don't we? I mean, driving here, my lane, how dare you cut me off? That's my lane. See that name on it, Beach Boulevard, Jason Coe Street. That's what it says, that's my lane. You know, don't we get upset? You're at home watching TV, someone clicks from ESPN to all my children, how dare you? That's my TV, my time. We all struggle with it, serious ways and not so serious. This is the world of darkness. So John continues, verse 5, he says, the light shines in the darkness, thanks, thanks be to God, but the darkness has not understood it. We can't see Christmas story from our perspective because we do not see the full picture. Because we always make it about us. We always make it about me. We want to be selfless, but at the core of everyone's being, we are blinded in darkness because of our selfishness. So God has to do something, and what does he do? So he shines a light. So verse 9, as the scripture readers read, thank you so much, Onesimo, Heidi, Debbie Garza. Some of our members didn't realize she could speak Spanish that well. And then Margaret, you speak English really well. That's incredible. So he himself was not the light. Talking about John the Baptist. He came only as a witness to the light. This is verse 8. And then, verse 9, the true light that gives light to every man was coming into the world. Jesus, John's perspective, in, what do we do in a world? A true light is going to come and shine his light in our blinded world. See, when we look at God's perspective, we realize this. In our darkness, we don't even recognize the creator. We don't even recognize who the king is. Verse 10 Jesus was in the world, he was in the world, and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. You know, I, do you ever feel like that as parents? You go home, kids, I'm home, and all the children are just completely ignore you? That happened to me this past week. I was like, hey, kids, I'm home! Cricket, cricket, and then I go to the other room, they're playing, and they're like, hey, dad. I felt like, I felt like kryptonite just going to Superman, and, and not that I'm Superman, but you know, you just go into the world, and these are your families, your flesh and blood, and they don't even recognize you, and that's one day. What the Bible's telling us is God made you and I just the way we are, and we don't even recognize God in our lives. Oh, there are a lot of agnostics in our world. We say there is something, but we don't know who, so I'll just leave it be, and I'll live my world my way. So the darkness has not even understood or recognized God. It even says, he came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. That's even worse. 
So I came home, and it's like my children saying, Dad, get out. <laughs> what? Did you bring me food? No, I thought we were having dinner. At- no, get out. That didn't happen. That's a fiction. But imagine, Michelle, Jamie, Ethan have a little meeting, and they say, who wants to kick Daddy out? Daddy, we're Presbyterian. Voting has shown majority. See you later. <laughs> and my own reject me. And that's humorous, but what's not is, in God's perspective, he created you and I. And we don't even ignore him, but we actually reject him. You know, this is actually real life. Um, Four days ago, Yahoo News and CNN and all these news, there was a school in Staten Island, and let me just read an excerpt. Christ has officially been removed from Christmas. At least that was the case at one middle school on Long Island, New York, where its holiday concert chorus sang a version of Silent Night that had all references to Savior, Holy Infant, removed by school administrators. But the effort to avoid alienating people seemed to have backfired. It's offensive, one father of a student at the school said. If you're going to remove words to not offend other religions, what about the religion that the song belongs to, which is Christianity? Can you imagine having a birthday party for your best friend? Everything's set up. All the friends are invited. Family's there. And the friend comes and you say, oh, sorry, you're the one that's not invited, though. It doesn't happen. I mean, that's just absurd in our own human thinking, isn't it? And what we did in our world was we were made by God. We were made by Jesus, the creator. And in our lives, what we said to him, although this world exists for you, I was made for you. What we, in essence, did from the time we were born was, Jesus, get out. This is the darkness we're talking about. And what is God doing on Christmas? It's not about you. From his perspective, he's looking at us with longing and saying, how do I get you back? How can you know my love? And he does the unthinkable. Verse 12 Yet to all who would receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision or a husband's will, but born of God. What's God doing? He's saying, I still love you with an everlasting love, and if you would take my son, we can be made right again. Have you thought about that? You know, Ikea has an awesome playground area. I wish I was a kid again. How many of you been to Ikea? Oh, you're just embarrassed. You guys all went there. Come on. You go there for the Swedish meat. All right, anyway. We went there, and then there's a playroom, and I remember when Kathy and I were, you know, younger parents, and our kids were little, you know, you go to a playground, and what do you do? You see these big kids running around jumping, or you go to McDonald's, and there's big kids battling, running around, and what do you do with your tiny little kid? Uh Uh-uh, I ain't sending my boy in there. Do you remember that? Or you go to the mall, and they're playing, and there's like this one 10-year-old who doesn't know his own age, and he's like, I'm still playing on this. And you send your two-year-old in there? No way. You don't send your child into an area where it's obviously dangerous, right? Now, what has God done? God so loved the world that he sent his only son, that whosoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal. What did God do? Here's my son. He's going to live for 33 years. And the shepherds are rejoicing. And the wise men are saying, yay. Yay. But I wonder from God's perspective, 
there is a little bit of him saying, this is right. Darkness must be overcome with light. The people need to be saved. And there is this little bit of his heart saying, but they're going to take my son, spit on him, drive nails on his hands and feet, whip him, put thorns on his head, and put him up on full display to be killed as a common criminal. And yet God said, let it be so. You know, I never understood that until I became a parent. And you don't need to be a parent to fully understand it. That's the God we worship. He's not this authoritarian. He's not someone who says, you better worship me or else. He's actually saying, come back. Why are you running away? Here is my son. You and I could be right. You see, we can become like sons and daughters of God. We can reflect his image. We can fulfill his purposes. You can be what you have already been created and intended for by God, but we haven't seen it because we try to be our own gods. And so God gave us his son to shine light in the darkness so that if we believe in him, we can have this. So verse 14, the word became flesh. There's the miracle. That's equivalent to saying, so my son was sent out to die and made his dwelling among us We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only who came from the Father, full of grace. John is actually saying to us, if you, if John was here, what he's saying to you and I is this, guys, it's real. We've seen it. Jesus is the real. We've seen prophets, we've seen rabbis, but this Jesus who claims to be God, he's the real deal. We saw with our own eyes. We saw God's glory. He died and rose again. And that's why on that Christmas night, and we'll see it in like two minutes, but we say, O holy night. We say, O joyous night. Our salvation has been purchased. So what does this leave us? And I'm not going to leave us, I know Christmas is supposed to go home with joy and passion, but I want to leave us with a little bit of discomfort because I want us to kind of wrestle with this. If this is true, I want to tell you something. It is deeply personal. If this Jesus was sent by God to be the light in darkness, it becomes really personal. Here's why. You can't go to this text and go home and open presents and say, well, it's still a nice time to spend time with family. You could do that, but you can't just leave it at that. You can't just go home driving in your car, listen to Silent Night, Holy Night. Here's what it's going to do if this is real. You have a personal responsibility to say, what do I do with this? Am I one of those who recognize God and ignore him? Am I one to recognize Jesus and reject him? It's a very difficult quandary. The question is, do you have the light of Jesus Christ? See, I love the gospel because it's not about go to church. In fact, it's not about anything we can do The birth of Jesus Christ is God's grace. It means God is doing the work so that we could say it is finished. And who else said that? On the cross of Jesus Christ, when he died, he breathed in his last and he said what? It is finished. What is finished? You and I, the work that's needed to get back with God, he has done. This is why Christmas, you give gifts to one another. 
the work that we can do, God has done through his son, Jesus. And that's why this story is a beautiful story. That's why this light, it's a personal light, and he's calling us tonight. Come and receive him. Recognize him. Believe that Jesus is who he says he is. And let that transform your life as you live for him. Would you join me in a word of prayer? God, help us to pause and not glance over this incredible story. In fact, it's not really as romantic as it sounds that a young man and a woman riding on a donkey goes to a manger and gives birth and angels are singing. And It was messy, God. There were babies being murdered by Herod. There were this nasty order from the manger. There was a world lost in darkness. And God, it is unfathomable to us to think that you would give your only son to suffer and to die. And yet, that was the only way. So God, to each of us, would you speak to us that this story is more than just a story out there, but it's a story that impacts us because this baby, Jesus, is who we've always been wanting, who we've always been needing. Lord, help us to recognize him. Help us to see him as he is. Help us who doubt to believe in him and what he says about himself. And help this Christmas, Father God, to truly be about you and not about us. We thank you, Lord, for your incredible grace and all these things we pray in the wondrous, sacrificial person of Jesus Christ. Amen.